Everybody in Cyberland. Jeffrey Bawalao. At least I hope so. Coming at you with another great podcast. And when we say podcast, right, we almost gotta we almost gotta put some perspective into what we're trying to do. Remember what I told you before. What are we trying to do? We're trying to bring in some legitimacy to the information age. I told you all in my introduction of this podcast that I was going to be real with you and I was going to tell you some truth. And, you know, whether, you know, we like it, we don't like it or none of those things truly matter to me more than what is the truth. My Orumila, Orumila guides us, especially the Babalaos, in several ways. He says, always study. Because you need knowledge and with knowledge, you need to build the understanding, which is why we have elders and why we have um, people who are proficient in certain areas of ceremony and prayer and initiations that we have to learn from. And when we have that deeper understanding of the technicality of things, then we also need to have a deeper understanding in the philosophy of things. And when those things are combined, Orumila says, he is with us. Orumila is the Orisha of wisdom. So therefore, wisdom is with us. Babalaos live and die by this very simple code. Right? I can talk about Ikafung and I can talk about the 16 mandates and I can talk about all the variations of those things. But that's not what I want to do. I want to get down and I'm not going to say dirty, but I want to get down to some specifics. This podcast is called Legitimacy. And, and I'm going to explain to you why I even got to this point where I'm like, wow, let me talk about this. Just last week, I was doing a ECOFA initiation. That means that ECOFA is women receiving mano de orumila. And in my house, in my spiritual house, how I was raised by my my late godfather, Ibaba en Teorum, Miguel Alvarez, right? Oshetura, from the Tampa, Florida area. We typically go with giving warriors, right? Which consists of Ogun and Ochosi. Eshu, Orumila, and Osum become part of that Mano de Orula aspect of things, right? So, so in essence, when you receive your warriors, Ogungo Chosi, Eshu, and Osum, those are your warriors. Orumila is a separate initiation, which is the Ikofa portion of that initiation. The Orumila portion of that initiation is what drives the three-day requirement. The ECOFA initiation is what drives, under most circumstances, you have to have three Babalaos present. 
Nonetheless, two will suffice, but you have to have three. In some cases, we've seen where people are initiating with one babalao. It is definitely an exception to the rule, but it is not the standard. Now, all those things are driven by people's odus, people's initiations, the things they are consecrated in, whether it be Ibaodu, whether it be, you know, what we call olofing or odudua. Um, there's just so many different angles to this that it is very hard to grasp. So I don't blame people for getting hoodwinked. I don't, I don't necessarily blame the person that's trying to find their spirituality by finding a spiritual elder and asking, hey, I want to be initiated into this faith because I think it's beautiful. I think it lines up with my heart and my mind, my soul. And I think that particularly is something that I take very dear. When somebody comes to you with an open heart and they're willing to take the leap of faith, don't abuse them. Don't go into a situation that you are not trained for. Don't try to do initiations that you just cannot do. So <clears throat> here's the situation that drove me to make this particular podcast that talks about legitimacy. So there I was doing an Ecofa ceremony in the outskirts of Los Angeles in the, in the Palmdale area. And what a beautiful ceremony. And you begin to talk to people and you begin to see that, you know, Los Angeles got babalaos. You know, the California is a big state and they have a lot of babalaos. They have a lot of olorishas. They got a lot of paleros. Um, the belief in the cultural system of the, of the Mexican people um, because of Central America and Mexico just happens to be a massive country. Um, we, but you know, I'm not, well, I'm not going to say we, I'm just going to say in that culture, there is a belief of the Santa Muerta, right? And we believe in, in, in that aspect alone drives a certain level of spirituality, a certain level of understanding what are egums, what are spirits. Because a Santa Muerta is very much egums and spirits. And if we don't know any better, and we're not careful, egums have personalities. Don't let nobody ever trick you, right? Egums, spirits, they all got personalities. Why? Because they walk this earth. They live this earth. They have remnants of their experiences on this earth. So therefore, we got to be careful on what we're doing. So... You know, when I talk to people in California specifically, I always run into some of the oddest situations. And I'm going to give you one. There was one person that every time someone would go to this person, the automatic prescription was, hey, let's scratch the person. Scratching is an initiation within the cults of Palo. Palo has many different um, lineages. 
right? It's just not Palo Moyumbe, Palo um, Quimbesa, there's Palo Monte, there's Palo, it's just, there's, there's lineages, right? There's lineages. Right, no different than Ifa has, you know, the two primary lineages of Isheshe, which is very African um, based and origins all come from that lineage. And then you have Lokumi, which everyone uh, in the Lokumi lineage can trace their lineage back to Adeshina. Um, and Adeshina came over, right, in 1811 um, and into Cuba. But. I'm not here for the history lesson. I'm here to kind of talk about legitimacy. So here's my thing. And here's my going in. Understand where you're going. So let's go back to this palero. This person at the prescription. Every time somebody goes to them. Hey, what do they got to do? You got to get scratched. And in the palo aspect of things, you get scratched and you get scratched above a certain egum. A certain spirit, right? Um, but in order to discover who is this egun that has a personality, as we discussed, this egun and the spirit, right, that is going to accept you into their lineage, it is those type of things that we have to truly analyze and say, hey, listen, I need you all to do your homework. So if you find yourself in a situation where someone is saying, hey, you have to get scratched. Here's legitimacy rule number one. You need to ask the question, why? Not everyone has the right to get scratched. Getting scratched is a whole different level of initiation that is not Ifa, it is not Olorisha or Santero, Santeria, whatever you want to refer it as. Okay, palo or scratching over an egum or a spirit to invoke that level of initiation is designated specifically for that coat. Now, when we talk about that coat, now we're talking about that you are going to be one with egum. You are going to be one that's maneuvering those secrets. You are the one that if you're not careful, you have an egg that you can upset. You have an egg that has that or wants or desires attention. You got to light them up. You got to attend them. You got to feed them. You have to work them. There's a responsibility there that every person should be asking. Why? Okay. Legitimacy rule number one, ask why? Because in this particular scenario, I'll give you a little bit more about Paolo. This person in Los Angeles was scratching everyone over the same egum, spirit, prenda, enganga, whatever you want to call it, because I don't know what he's scratching over. And... It struck me as odd because a lot of people from that house ended up migrating towards my spiritual house. And I asked my question, why? Right. Why would a a congregation basically right in such massive force go all to another ile or begin to break away 
from this spiritual leader. So I, but you know, I got to ask the intrusive questions. Why? Because you're not going to come into this healing, not my healing. Ooh, no way. Without some true legitimacy on what did you receive and why did you receive it? So I start asking questions. All right. Now, I just told you that eggums have personalities. Eggums need to agree to who you need to get scratched over. Eggums to include your cuadro espiritual, your spiritual framework. You have a spirit guide. You have eggums that guide you. They all need to come together, right? And like in a round table and, and say, yep, this is the one. Because if not, you will cause conflict within your own astrology. I don't think people understand how special they are and what God truly gave us when Ori came down and who came down with us. So I go back to legitimacy rule number one. Ask the why. Hell, even if I told you you needed to receive Mano de Orula, you should be asking me why. I can tell you the why right now. Everybody has the right to understand the wisdom that Arumila is going to partake on you to understand where your Ori needs to be driving towards. You need to understand where you're going, how you're going, and what is the best method to get there in order to fulfill the destiny that you chose in Olorun. Olorun is, is like heaven. You chose a head up there and you said, I want to walk with this head. And with that head came accompanying a guardian orisha that said, you know what? I'm going to go down there with you just to make sure I got your back. And Eshu, Eshu being part of everything came down with you and your spirit guide, your spiritual lineage, which is again why I talk about lineage so much, is also walking with you. So legitimacy rule number one, why am I getting something? Why can't people ask why? Because that right there should give you the spidey senses, right? You should get in your gut feeling saying, okay, this is a good idea or a bad idea, right? Oh yeah, obviously there's going to be some level of trust, some level of, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's do this and I'm going to give you my blind faith, my blind faith, right? And I'm just going to take this leap. But at least you did some due diligence by asking why. Now, now, I'm going to tell you, you need to also understand is why do you want to get in, initiated into a particular cult of what of whatever sort? And I say that because when we talk about Palo, right, we talk about the Egums. I want to know why you want it. Do you want it because you just want to be a bad mama jamma and you want to just be able to work eggums and you love eggums and, and that's how you feel for good, bad, or indifferent? You don't care what you work. That's just who you are. Okay. At least you know your truth. Some people love the faith for what it is, loves the philosophy, loves for what it stands for, wants to learn more. Okay, beautiful. You know your truth. But here's the second question. Here's the second question before you take that blind leap. Did you ask yourself, is this person that's initiating me capable of teaching me? 
All right, I'm not trying to be a life coach here, but I'm going to be honest with you. Some people are auditory learners. Some people, they read and they learn better by reading. Some people um, have to learn by doing, right? By taking action. Not every spiritual leader, because they can scratch you or do any other initiation, is the right person for you. So we got legitimacy rule number one, the why. Why do I need this spiritual leader? That's rule number one. Rule number two, why do I want this? And that's something you have to look yourself in the mirror and ask. And once you understand those two truths, then you're going to ask yourself legitimacy rule number three. Is this person that's going to initiate me truly going to be my teacher, my spiritual teacher? Do I see what they stand for? Do I agree with their ethical and moral values on how they maneuver? That's legitimacy rule number three. Rule number four is very interesting. Rule number three and number four, you can almost take the same approach. If rule number four is pretty much going to tell you, look at the spiritual house, look at the God children that are there, look at the initiates that are there. What type of people are they? Are they the gossipers? Are they the ones that are talking other people's business? Are they the ones that when no one's there, they're talking about them? Are they the ones that are that are deterring, right? They, they deter you from an educational environment of learning, right? Are they are they the ones that are that are are the cancer spores that are going to spread and are going to cause more conflict and drama in your life because that's what you got initiated for because you want a drama, right? Think about it. Think about it. So that means you got to do a little bit of homework. That means ultimately at the end of the day, you have to spend some quality time, whether it's getting consultations, whether it's um, you know, just hanging out. They have a botanica hanging out just to kind of see, hey, can I help around a little bit? And analyze the situation you're about to get into. Is that Ile a good fit for you? Are they all about the gossip? Are they all about the the money? Are they all about the, you know, hey, you know, cookie cutter approaches? Because cookie cutter approaches are bad too, right? Let's talk about that for a little bit as you analyze, right? Rule number four, analyze the house, right? What is the cookie cutter approach? That means if you get something, everybody gets something. If you're going to get scratched over an egg, everybody's going to get scratched over an egg. You know, all those cookie cutter type approaches are wrong because everyone has a particular spiritual uh, journey, a, a spiritual path. And this is crazy that we are willing to say that I am the same as the person next to me. All right, that's legitimacy rule number four, right? Analyze, analyze. So let's talk about legitimacy rule number five. All right, guys, I'm just going to come out and say it. Santeria, okay? Whether you call it Santeria or Orisha worship, Orisha worship, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, right? If if it's Ifa, Babalaos that are, you know, African traditional or Babalaos that are, 
<clears throat> Afro-Cuban or, you know, one, you know, is all about the motherland of Africa. The other one's all about the diaspora because of what it created and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Doesn't, it doesn't interest me. Not one bit. But here's the part that interests me the most. Is what Orumila told us. Remember what Orumila told us. Orumila said, hey, gain that knowledge. Right? Gain the understanding in order for me to partake the wisdom. Orumila told you this. You should not be making any moves in any type of spiritual lineages. I don't care where. Until you receive your mano de orula. And the right way to receive your mano de orula is you getting your warriors and your mano de orula. Ogungo no chosi, boom. All living in one, in one pot. Then you have Osum. Then you have Eshu. Then you have Orumila. Because believe it or not, that is what's gonna drive a lot of the a lot of the decisions that you need to make. Because a roadmap will be will be explained to you. A line of spiritual development, step by step, should be should be um, um, articulated to you by that Babalao. That Babalao should be able to tell you, hey, because you're this old dung and because you're a guard, your guardian orisha is this, and because you came out with a prophecy like this. You know, here's the recommendations. Pa, 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 pa. And here's where you should go. Some people have no business ever getting scratched. Some people have some business getting scratched, but never have business actually working palo. Some people have no business ever getting crowned. Some people have to go straight to Ifa and may have to get crowned and immediately go to the next room. Some people may just need to receive mano de orula and be perfectly fine living their life the way it is. But how do you know this? And the only way to truly understand this is if you receive your mano de orula. You got to hear what Orumila has to say. I think that we are not necessarily get doing our due diligence, right? And we're going to we're going to label that one rule number 5. Get your mano de orula before you do anything. Boom, dot, period. And if you don't have your mano de orula and you already initiated into other sections, right, of this Yoruba culture, then you need to run and get your mano de orula. Right? Women ikofa, men awofaka. It was very unfortunate for me when I heard about the cookie cutter approach. Everybody getting scratched because it was everything. Everybody, it was a thing to do. It wasn't because you were destined to do it. It was a thing to do. It was more like let's let's all go to the amusement park. But in this case, let's all get scratched. And this irresponsible priest, right, um, or irresponsible. Gangolero, palero, whatever we want to call them, right? You know, took advantage of that opportunity and did something that could have altered people's lives. Get your mano de orula, follow rule number five. Actually, follow rule number one through five now, and you will have a clear idea on where you're going and how you're getting there. Okay. Rule number Six. All right. 
If you are able to understand rules one through five, then now you are postured for rule number six. If you are going to take the leap of faith and become a priest or a priestess in this faith, I need you to take a real, real deep look at who you are and tell yourself, with the responsibilities that I have today, am I responsible enough to now take on the responsibility of leading people spiritually within the next couple of years? Because in Ifa, the Babalao comes out of the room of Ifa, congratulations, you're a Babalao, and, he's, and there's a massive learning curve. In Orisha worship, you become a Santero, Santera, Olorisha, um, Iyawo, right? Because your first year has a lot to do with Yaworaje, which has its own separate rules of legitimacy. All right. And you need to kind of look at it. You need to say, damn, you know what? You know, um, you know, am I am I ready for this? Can I follow these rules? Can I can I do what is mandated of me? People are just not. People are not ready for it. Don't jump the gun. Receive your little divinities here, your little divinities there. But priesthood, priestesshood, if people are automatically telling you straight from the jump, hey, you need to go get crowned. I mean, straight from the jump, right? And, and they're saying, you know, and they're using tactics like you if you don't do it now, you're going to die or you're going to do it now. Or you're going to get sick if you don't do it. No, 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 no. Forget all that stuff. Right. There's going to be a point in time where that may be true. But then I revert back to rule number one. Ask why. Ask why. And you need to be comfortable with the answer given to you. Right. Because it is an obligation for that priest and priestess to explain things to you. This is not do as I say, and that's it. Zipper it up, and uh, and we're going to be good. No, 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 no. So that's story number one for you. Now, let me tell you about story number two, which I thought was very, very shocking to me. There is a house that was brought to my attention, and I'm not even going to say where it's from. Right. I mentioned California the first time because California, you know, I, I, li I like California. I do. Um, but the spiritual leaders out there concern me. Some are good. Some are bad. Right. But but if you follow the rules, right, the legitimacy rules, you're going to be OK. Which drives me to rule number six. A spiritual leader should never, ever, ever, ever have sexual relations with their initiates, right? The people that they said they were going to lead. The people that ultimately are giving their trust and their hearts and their spirits to this, to, to this leader, right? Only to turn around and have this leader sleep with them, make moves on them, you know, make them do some unethical and immoral things. There is no ceremony out there either that has a sexual component to it. If you are falling victim to that, man, call it for what it is. Look for the hills, run, 
do something. I don't know what to tell you. I truly do not know what to tell you at that point. More than there has to be a deep analysis of the situation. Now, let me explain this piece. Understand that there is, and this is another legitimacy rule that needs to be understood in order for it to be properly executed. Um, but if you follow rules one through six, right, that means that now, right, six was pretty much, you know, there's no sleeping with your, there's no sleeping with each other. There's no, there's no pre-sleeping with the initiants and the aleos. Listen, got it. Love at first sight. You know what I mean? Those things are going to happen. Those are, those are conversations that you need to have with that spiritual elder of that house on what right needs to look like. Because think about the drama that can occur. Think about how irresponsible it would be if you just if a spiritual leader just let people get together and and hook up. Right. And now, you know, now they they break up or it's ugly breakup or they're sleeping with the godfather. God forbid. Right. All those things are just terrible. Right. They lead to a void that cannot be filled again. It will lead to a cancer that will spread and destroy things. Okay. Now, here's another one. Legitimacy rule number seven. Right. If every time you consult your elder, you have to give a goat. Right. A goat to issue. A goat to a ruler. A goat to order. A goat to a sign. A goat to whoever. I need you to really evaluate why is it that I have to continuously give a goat for everything? Why is everything blood? Why is something um, always got to be involving something of blood because that right there should be a clear indication that, you know, the Orishas don't always need blood. And I always refer back to, you know, the story of Adi and Imu, right? Why we have the concepts of Adimus, you know, organic fruits, vegetables, things like that, right? Um, you know, the honey and the palm oil, and there's just so many different ways to skin a cat. Right. And to get the results that you want, that you don't have to result to blood all the time, let alone a four legged animal. People, people, listen to me carefully. Starting to lose track of how many rules are there. Rule number seven. If you have to give a four legged animal, I'm telling you that drives a lot of requirements that drives a lot of different ceremonies within ceremonies. Okay, giving a four-legged animal is not something that's just done and, and there's nothing more to it. No, we have to be able to see, depending on who you're giving that four-legged animal to, maybe that divinity needs to have a conversation with you, right? Maybe with a four-legged animal, it was needed because there was something we were trying to avoid or try to avert. Those are the things that ultimately, at the end of the day, you got to kind of put together and you got to start to see if every one of the abuses that are marked for me is a four legged animal or some type of blood. Man, you you need to really evaluate whether or not there is some legitimate legitimacy to what's being said to you. Now, some people come a little bit more complicated than others, and I'm not saying that, you know, ultimately, you know, it, it cannot be possible. Anything is possible, 
But the likelihood that every single time you have to do a consultation, something like that comes out is highly unlikely. But it's possible. But I need you to start questioning the why. Right? Go back to rule number one, the golden rule. Ask why. And allow that elder to answer your questions in order to get your mind in the right place in order for you to put your heart into it. Okay, legitimacy rule number eight. Let's check this out, guys. All right. This is not a magic eight ball. This is not a a genie in the bottle. You're not going to rub a lamp and you're not going to get three wishes just because we sacrifice animals, because we are very in tune with the nature of everything. And, you know, we manipulate energy very well. That's what Bawalaos do. We manipulate energies very well. Oriates and the Olorisha side of the house do the same thing. The gangoleros, the paleros, whatever we want to call them, uh, uh, in, in a respectful title, of course, um, you know, they're going to do their thing. They're, everybody's manipulating some form of energy or ego. That's just the bottom line, right? For the betterment of a person. However, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Sometimes if you put yourself into a situation where he has already warned you and now you're looking for another, I guess, another silver lining to your problem because you just lack the discipline to follow. Rumila is going to say no. And you have to be comfortable with that. That's why they have a concept called Iwapale. You have to be able to conduct yourself in a moral and ethical manner. Not to mention, not to mention that you're all born with a destiny sign with your mano de orula. If you receive certain divinities like Olokun, for example, of Ifa, that's going to tell you, that's going to give you an Ita and it's going to mark another sign. You know, there's all types of little rules and things and restrictions and the pros and the cons to everything that you have to be able to follow. No magical lamps here. No three wishes. All right. If I, if I'll tell you, if I'll tell you, hey, listen, I gave you the advice. You want to follow it? Don't follow it. Right. If, if you want to follow it, follow it. It's all up to you. The Babalaos have no stake in the game other than accomplishing their duties as Babalaos and doing what Ifa dictates for them to do, to include help you or not help you. That's another piece that needs to be understood. I'm not trying to lecture nobody here, guys. I am literally just trying to give you the keys to success, the keys to the door so that when you're walking through that door, you at least are comfortable understanding what is it you're going to go through, the whys, and how you need to conduct yourself in this faith. Boom, dot, period. Here's the other thing that a lot of people don't realize in this faith. There is something called a duality, a scale, a balance in life. And what that means is that in life, you have to balance it out. You just got to do it, right? So, for example, if you find yourself, right, being too much of a goody two-shoe, right? And we'll, let's call this rule number eight. Let's just call it forward. No, no, this is rule number nine, I believe now. I don't know. You guys keep track of me. But if you find yourself 
doing being too much of a goody two shoe, too much of a um, I like to do favors, too much of a people don't appreciate me. But I know if I keep doing things that are good, that I'll be rewarded by God and the Orishas and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Take that Western concept out of your mind and start following the rules that were given to you. For the most part, there are a lot of Odus in Ifa and in Delegum, right, that talk about the aspects of not being appreciated. Don't do favors. If you're going to do something, make sure you're compensated. All these things are not new. These things are things that have always been with us, right? The person in the market thousands of years ago when they were trying to exchange grains for food, etc., etc., right? They weren't doing people favors all the time because they got to eat. They got to sell what they got in order to buy something else, in order to get something else. And it was just a cycle. And everybody had a pitching, right? Everybody had to do their piece. So what makes you think that you're good heart and doing all these great favors and not taking care of yourself? You have to take care of yourself first. Then you can worry about everybody else. And even then. I caution you to be careful with that. Don't put yourself in a predicament because you're trying to be good-hearted. You're trying to be, you're trying to be a nice person. All right. This faith begins to teach you the moral and ethical conducts of community, of individuality, of understanding your ita, which is your mano de orula san, your who's your guardian orisha, all those things. Those are all rules, laws, universal laws at that. That when you walked into this faith, you needed to start to exercise. I'm just trying to be the bearer of uh, of news, I, I guess. It's not good news, it's not bad news, right? But it's stuff that you just got to think about. And I just don't understand why we do certain things. I know of a person that was already crowned. And they violated this person within a book. And they said that, hey, we're going to take this Ebo and we are going to shove it into your private part. Right. And and that was something that they had to almost do forcefully. We're talking about sexual assault. We're talking about that's Those are the type of things you got to worry about nowadays. We got people that are that are that are all about the money. We got people that are, are all about, you know, who who they are and, and what they're going to get next and what's the next new car I want to buy. And, and by the way, I'm going to buy it because I'm going to take advantage of X, Y and Z. And I'm going to I'm going to say they need to receive all this crazy things. You have to worry about people. And when it's all said and done. Please don't turn your back on the faith. The faith is beautiful. We just got knuckleheads as priests and priestesses, and some are just phonies. They're not they're not even consecrated. They shouldn't even be doing what they're doing. That's not what this is about, people. This is not what this is about. And this is the reason why I'm I'm even making, you know, this podcast talking about legitimacy. We gotta get real with it. No different, no different, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on this topic and people are going to get mad at me. And that's okay, right? Because we said real talk, right? 
Listen, I got nothing against the transgender community. I got nothing against what you like and what you don't like and and and, and what you want to be and what you want to be referred to. Ah, none of that, all of it is irrelevant to me. All of it is irrelevant. Because Bible allows you know what we look at? We look at old dudes, we look at guardian odishas, we look at prophecies, we look at the person, right? Now, I will tell you, I will tell you. Impossible for a woman to be a babala. So the concepts of iyanifas that are that are that are witness to the room of ifa and being consecrated in ifa in order to lead and give out consecrations and go beyond the duties of an apiti b is not possible. It goes against the duality of everything. It has nothing to do with anything other than. If a woman crosses into the room of Ifa, there is an imbalance in the energy and the powers that are in there. It is that simple. I told you, we do not look at people. We do not look at gender per se, but we will tell you that, hey, that is going to conflict with that. No different than earlier. I told you, if you get scratched and you mess with your astrology of things and your spirits are not, you know, um, aligned with that and, and they're not for that, you're going to have a rough time in life. To the point where you could even die. Those things you gotta you gotta take seriously, right? So we go back to the transgender conversation, right? And 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 I, and I get it, right? Right now in mainstream, this is a big thing. This is a big thing, right? This this conversation of transgenders. Um, and I have godchildren that I have converted. I have godchildren that are crossdressers. I got godchildren. That prefer the same gender. I got godchildren. I have godchildren. I respect them. They respect me. They respect the faith. They respect the universal laws of certain things. And they go with it. They go with it. Why? Because humans are erred. We we are the problem. Right? The system is not necessarily the problem when we look at the Yoruba culture of things. So I go back. Transgenders just happens to be the topic. And I was listening to a congressional hearing yesterday and, 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 it, and it sparked a couple of things in my mind. Right. Here's the here's the problem, the spiritual problem set that needs to be addressed in order for us to truly show equal opportunity for a person that goes from, let's say, female to male. Let's just say that. Right. Let's say that a female Wants to go and become a babalao. They went through the hormones and the surgeries and they did everything they had to do. Right? In order to convert themselves to a man. Here's the problem set. That person was born with the genetics. Right? With the reproductive organs. Right? They were born with these 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 these. This 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 thing that 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 science has identified as a female, but spiritually speaking, we see women as a as a gateway from Olorun to Orisha Aye, which is the earth. That is the problem set. Right? If you are born with reproductive organs, you are a gatekeeper, you are the gateway, you are are the one that is bringing life 
Guys, believe it or not, I hate to say it, and I said this before in a plante, and everybody chuckled at me. I was like, hey, we are bones and meat, right, in skin. We are easily replaceable compared to a woman because a woman holds the secrets of Olorum, the secrets of life, the transformational aspects from the, the, the journey of Olorum from the universal aspects of things down to the wound, down to nine months, which is the number of eggs, where the woman throws her head back. Ori is signaling to, to the universe that a child is being born of God and that it's coming down with this Ori and this guardian Orisha is there and blood is spilled because the mom is ripped open or cut open. It doesn't matter. And the earth is eating and feeding off of all of this because even that is a concept of ceremonies that even we reenact today again the problem set is the reproductive organs just because you remove the reproductive organs doesn't make you any less of a gatekeeper it just means that now you close the gate and you lock the door and you put a padlock and there's nobody getting back in and out um, because you remove the organs or but but that's the concept that you need to understand. Women hold a spirituality that a man will never have. So a woman going to a man, sorry, not going to happen. You cannot become a Babalao. And for the women today that are Iyanifas, that have nothing to do with the LGBTQ question mark, exclamation point. I think I got them all. Um, you know, women that have nothing to do with that should 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 even take heed on what I'm saying to better even understand that, wow, okay, I really have no business in the room of Ifa and I cannot be a Babalao. And, now, and those are the things that I tell people, you know, those are the legitimacies. Those are the rule sets. You know what I mean? Again, you know, you call, call me for what you want to call me. My Godchildren know who I am. My Godchildren know I love them. I don't care about anything when it comes to Anything that has to do with politics per se or anything that has to do with with how someone is living their life unless it interferes with the universal law of things. Right. If it interferes with Yorita, I have, you know, and, and, and there's certain concepts of this. Right. Think about it. Um, I have male. OK, so genetically male, you know, got children that. Those males like males and they identify more with females than they do with males. Right. So they're very, um, uh, they, you know, they're very, they, they upkeep, right. They, you know, they do the nails, they do the hair, they do everything. Right. Some of them go through the operations and some of them don't. That's fine. Um, but here is where Yoruba in our culture, we even explain that. Remember I said you grabbed the head, the ori that you were going to come down with. Sometimes we grab a head that has more feminine aspects of things than masculine aspects of things. And that makes them even more powerful as a guy with a feminine aspect aligned more with the spiritual aspects of egungs. That's why a lot of homosexuals, specifically the males, right? They find themselves a lot more in tune working with the eggs and spirituality and spiritualism and mediumship because they have a female energy that's flowing through them. Right. It's mind blowing. 
All right, guys. All right. I think I talked a lot. I think I talked a lot. I talked a lot about legitimacy. I wanted to make sure I threw this out there, right? With the hot topics, the hot topics, right? Because I think it's important to understand. All right. And with that said, hey, Iburu, Iboy, Abucheche, Cyberland. This podcast is out. And until the next. Oh, do me la la, dude.